Discover the leader in you with the leadership linebacker, Dr. Jason Carthen, former New England Patriot turned PhD. I bring a new brand of inspiration and passion to audiences worldwide. Having served and consulted with Fortune 500 companies, the National Football League Players Association, and the White House, each week I will prescribe empowering, motivational, and life-changing medicine for your soul. Now, it's time to discover the leader in you. All right, everybody. Hey, well, welcome back to Discover the Leader in You. This is Dr. Jason Carthen, and I am excited today. We're going to have a fantastic show, and the title of today's show is Publishing and the Power of the Written Word. How does the Bible inform us even today? There are so many publishing options available today, self-publishing, traditional publishing, e-publishing, and the list goes on and on. How do we make sense of it all and still have our voice heard after the publishing process? Now, on today's show, we have a very special guest, Dr. Mark Wilson, a scholar, a successful and published author who will share his insights on publishing and how to maintain the creative voice of the author while still following the necessary steps to become a published author. But before we get to that, I want to remind you that the I Speak Life Academy is coming up in February on the 28th, and we want you involved. We want you to come on out and grow your business. If you've been thinking about starting a business or developing your business even further, then you definitely want to come and connect with the I Speak Life Academy. You can register on our website at jasoncarthen.com, or you can give us a call at 1-888-281-1110. And we'll be sure to give you some information about that. But now, without further ado, I want to introduce you to Dr. Mark Wilson, who is an American scholar. He's the founder and director of the Asia Minor Research Center in Antalya, Turkey, a Turkey a country in which he and his wife, Dindy, have lived since 2004. He is visiting professor of early Christianity at Regent University and a research fellow in biblical archaeology at the University of South Africa. Some of his recent projects include completing the Acts section of the forthcoming ESV Archaeology Study Bible and participating in a video project called Exploring Ephesus for the Christian History Institute on early Christianity in that ancient city. His particular research interests are Turkey's ancient Jewish communities, Roman roads, and biblical history. Mark has been married to Dindy for 40 years. They have four adult children four granddaughters, and four grandsons. Dr. Wilson, welcome to the show. How are you? Great to be with you, Jason. Just watching the sun set here in Antalya in Turkey right now. Oh, my goodness, I know. And see, our listeners don't have any idea, but you are calling a long way. You know, it's really great to have you on the show. And, you know, when I said to myself, who can we bring on that is not only a published author, but someone who is making a difference I thought of you immediately. So it's it's just a privilege to have you on the show. Yeah, my pleasure to be with you. All right. So let me ask you, what's been taking place in your life? Just so our listeners have a, a better idea of what's been going on before we start digging into the whole idea of publishing. Personally, what's been taking place? And also, what made you go to Turkey to do the things that you're doing now? Well, in part was to be in a place that uh, was undeveloped. Uh, There were no other scholars, and there still are no other New Testament scholars living here in Turkey. And so I decided I'm going to become the expert on this country. And so we moved here, as you said, in 2004, lived here now 10 years. And so uh, getting to know this land and its history and to develop an expertise on that. Excellent. Excellent. So you saw the need and basically you wanted to fill that gap. Yeah, absolutely. Wow, that's great. And I know many people are benefiting from your efforts there. And I know actually when I had a chance to come and visit, you know, just your ability to share so much information and educate those that are really interested in understanding more about the country and just the impact and just the history was just amazing. You know, does it take a lot to really have a better understanding of what's taking place in the country? I mean, do you have to do your research constantly? Yeah, it is, because, uh, you know, after Israel, we have more biblical sites than any other place in the eastern Mediterranean. So uh, there's ongoing archaeological work, uh, and so just staying current with that just uh, requires me to be reading papers, magazines, and uh, and keep traveling, which I do with uh, groups on a regular basis. 
Excellent. Excellent. Now, are you still doing some of the different uh, tours and educational opportunities when people come over there for some of the students? Uh, yeah, that's where we met, and uh, I certainly do that, you know, uh, with, do, uh, with our university regent uh, as well as other uh, churches and uh, seminaries and universities that come over. That's great. That is great. Now, you know, the the topic for today's show, you know, we, we talk about just biblical history and just the impact. But let me ask you, when we start talking about publishing and just the reality of all that it entails, what got you interested in writing in the first place, and especially from a biblical standpoint? Well, I think, look, going back even to my you know, days as a student, I enjoyed English, I enjoyed reading. And I think, you know, reading is very much tied to writing. So right. you read good writers and you write well. Uh, and uh, so, you know, I read a lot and I continue to read a lot of books. And so, you know, that, that passion developed in me. And then when I was a student at Regent University, I became a graduate assistant for one of my professors. And one day he asked me if I would help him in editing uh, some of his work. And so I consented to that and, and uh, got involved with uh, working with a major Christian publisher to bring those volumes to print. And that really reintroduced me to the whole world of publishing and writing and editing. Oh, excellent. Okay, so you once you were exposed to it, you said, wow, you know what, this is something that I can have a passion for. But, you know, what? so someone gave you the opportunity initially, and that sort of piqued your interest then. Yeah, and I think a lot of writers begin to do that because, as you know, <laughs> there's not a lot of writing uh, money in writing. No. So, yeah, we see the, the guys at the big, top of the big bestseller lists, and they're maybe making some money. But for most writers, you get some uh, royalties, maybe some income, but certainly not enough to sustain you. And so many of them turn to uh, editing and proofreading uh, to help pay the bills. Now, so, Dr. Wilson, do you feel like that is based upon what the public wants and what society feels like, oh, this is an exciting topic and, you know, this is something I would purchase? Or is it, it, is it really based upon the quality of the writing? Which one is it? Uh, I think it's both. Okay. I think you've got to have something to tell, a story to tell, a subject to, uh, that people are going to be interested in. But it has to be told in, in, a, in a readable coherent fashion. So I, I, I think it's uh, a both and. Right, right. No, and that makes sense. That makes sense. I, I asked that question because a lot of times you see some of these uh, New York Times bestsellers and some of these other books that are doing really well, and it's almost like it's a societal thing where they feel like, wow, you know what, I can relate to this story. I want to uh, walk in their shoes, so I want to read about it and just have a better understanding in that way. So it's not always you know, just uh, the books that provide great information, but it's more of that, that story that connects people and that makes them want to pick that book up and not put it down. Yeah, absolutely. And, and as you know, the, there are trends, you know, and types of books, things people are reading. And, uh, you know, if you're publishing in sort of the, in that area that is peaking right now, I mean, you're, you're going to have some success as well. Wow. Yeah. And that, there's a lot of truth to that. If you talk about trends, it's like what's happening, you know, right now. But and for the published author, it can be difficult because if they're trying to say, OK, this is a passion. This is a book that I have on the inside and I want to get it out. It may not be going with that trend <laughs> right at that moment. Well, that, you, yeah, you're absolutely right. And and uh, and so uh, you have to be prepared for rejection. And oh. I've got a note here to remind myself uh, to to make that point very clear, because you know you read these stories of even these best selling authors, many of their manuscripts have been rejected ten, fifteen, twenty times by publishers. Wow! And they you... go back and they rewrite and they resubmit until finally somebody sees the value in it and says, "Hey, we're going to publish this," and you know it becomes a bestseller. You know what? I'm so glad you brought up this whole idea of rejection. Now, someone, you know, like myself, I, <laughs> I've submitted manuscripts. I've, I've done different things with journal articles and things like that. And basically, you know, it's, it's like a hit or miss. It depends upon what their preferences are. So, you know, how do you, how do you manage that? How do you deal with this rejection piece and still continue to write? 
Well, I think on the one hand, you've got to do your market research. So you've got to try and fit your writing, what you're doing with, if, for example, if it's for a magazine or a journal, uh, with the type of things they are publishing, and likewise with a, a book publisher. So okay. you've got to do that kind of market research and, and, and find the area uh, that, that's going to be a fit with what you're wanting to do. So, you know, you'll save yourself a lot of grief if you do that. You know, so if you're sending a, a a cooking manuscript to somebody that publishes mainly sports books, I mean, you're going to get a rejection. So. <laughs> yeah, that's that's going to be problematic. That's going to be problematic. Well, you know yeah. what? Let me ask you, what was your first piece of writing? You know, what made you, you know, get out there, do what you were going to do? And what was your first piece there? What did you put out? Well, one of the things I got very interested in was a, an author who had lived in Turkey and traveled here much in the uh, late 1800s and early 1900s. And this is before uh, the whole digital revolution. And, and when buying used books was often very difficult for out-of-print things. And so I did an updated and revised version of William Ramsey on his uh, book on the seven churches here in Turkey. And so I found a publisher who was interested in doing that, and I was able to bring that all together. And so, you know, that was really a good experience for me for just uh, getting the uh, contact with a publisher and and, uh, bringing a project like that to completion. Wow. Was that very – did it take a lot of detail in order to do that? Yeah, I mean, we basically scanned the manuscript, and I did the editing of it and put together a fresh forward and, and put it together. Uh, but, uh, you know, that's, that's part of the experience of, 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 of the whole publishing process of, of doing that. Right, right. So, you know what, for our listeners, when you get ready to sit down and write, what is your, what is your process like, Dr. Wilson? What do you what do? Because you do? I just heard you say you scan some things and then you put it together. But when you sit down and get ready to uh, begin your writing process, what, what do you do? Yeah, it just depends on the type of books that I'm working on. You know, I do a lot of academic books, but, you know, my most recent book was a more popular book on Revelation called Victory Through the Lamb, and I especially like those because I can just sit down. And uh, writing is work. I mean, let, let me just emphasize that. Yes. You know, yes. sometimes you have this idea that some muse is going to descend on your head and you're just going to sit and this words are going to flow out. I mean, <laughs> It doesn't work that way. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I know all too well. I mean, it is grind time when you sit down in front of that keyboard. A couple of things can happen. Either you're going to flow, like you said, or you're going to start bumping into some things and you have to really uh, work your way through it. So, yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. And it's a discipline. It really is to sit down there because you got all these other interruptions that are trying to, you know, come in and, and... take you away from what you're doing. But for me, it's an extremely exciting process because when I sit down in the morning, I've got an idea of a chapter or a subject I'm trying to, to delve into. And, you know, oftentimes it'll lead in a very different direction than where I started out. And I think that's the joy of discovery and excitement that comes as part of the writing process. Right. And you know what? We're going to we're going to take a break here in a second. But before we go to break, let me ask you just briefly, you got about a minute here. What would it look like to stay focused? Because you're saying, you know, when you sit down, there's some different iterations that begin to take place in in your writing. How do you stay focused? What does that look like for you? Well, I've got to find a quiet place. I mean, where where I can work uh, and concentrate, I think that's very important have the things you need around you to minimize interruptions and and just you you know it's a very solitary process writing uh, for me and so b- being able to have a place where you can focus and get alone uh, is very important all right good stuff well hey we're on the phone with dr. Mark Wilson he is calling all the way from Istanbul Turkey hey when we come back we're gonna dive into this even more stay with us everybody
All right, everybody. Hey, we are back. We are on the phone talking to Dr. Mark Wilson. He is connecting with us all the way from Istanbul, Turkey. And we are talking about the whole idea of publishing. And our reality is that, you know, publishing and the power of the written word is very impactful. You know, and Dr. Wilson has really, really dedicated his life to making sure that people are informed about the Bible and then also just the impact that it has upon our lives. And you know, Dr. Wilson, when we transitioned, we were talking about staying focused and really getting off to that quiet place that you described. And is that a challenge? Because many people have a lot of things going on in their lives and they may not have that opportunity to get to that quiet place. So what advice would you give to them? Yeah, I think we all have it in our day. You know, you read about some people who, you know, even mothers who, you know, do it late at night to get the kids to bed. Dishes are all done and they eke out a couple hours, you know, before they go to bed and do that. And and so I think it's, again, that process of discipline where wherever you've got to take that time uh, to to do it, even in the busiest of schedules. Yeah. You know what? Thank you for that, because the reality is that we need that reminder many days you know, are filled with activity, different things going on. But like you said, it's that discipline piece. It's something that I share with people all the time. I mean, if you truly have a goal, you must be disciplined to go after it. And writing is is really no different. Uh, Mark, I remember some days, uh, even when I was writing my dissertation and then some other publications, you know what? You have to say no <laughs> to some things. You basically have to Absolutely. go. Yeah. It's like, okay, I just can't do that. And, you know, my children for one would look at me and go, well, what do you mean dad? You know, why can't you come and do this? And it's like you said, it's just being disciplined and focused. And if you sacrifice a little bit now, you know, you'll get even more accomplished with your writing. So, you know, I appreciate your point on the discipline piece. So let me ask you, how does someone interested in writing get started in your type of field? What what, what has to take place? Well, in terms of, you know, the Bible and biblical studies, there's various levels, of course, that you're writing. You know, uh, people uh, can write devotionals, uh, and uh, many pastors are writing uh uh, women who are involved in Bible studies and, and uh, ministering in, in various levels. Uh, so there's a, a wide range, if you look in Christian publishing, of, of the need for, for types of uh, guidebooks, study guides, things like that. Mm-hmm. When you get into more academic publishing, uh, you really need the credentials. I mean, right. you've got a Ph.D., you know what it takes yes. uh, to do that. And to get people to listen to you on a higher level, I mean, you, you've got to uh, get, get those letters behind your name. I mean, right. that's simply the reality. And, you know, I'm, I went back and started my doctor work in my 40s. You know, I was raising a family, working full time. Uh, and But I realized that to have the credibility that I wanted with writing, uh, I needed to get a doctorate. And so that was the hardest thing I ever did in my life. But uh, <laughs> you know, got over that mountain and, you know, I, I got the doctorate. <laughs> yes. You know what? I, we have to press the pause button there because, you know what? Now, we're not saying, just for our listeners here, we're not saying that you must have a uh, terminal degree or Ph.D. to write. We're not saying that. However, for what? Dr. Wilson is doing, I mean, you really need those credentials. You, Like you said, you need to have those letters behind your name. But I want to press the pause button because the actual journey to the Ph.D. or the doctoral degree is so demanding. And <laughs> to your point, you shared it's one of the hardest things you've ever done in your life. What what was one of the most difficult things about it, Mark? What, what took place? Well, again, it's just that discipline. Uh, and as you know, in in the process of of uh, graduate study in the United States system, especially, you have this high percentage of what we call ABDs, all but dissertation. People yes. have gotten through their classes, their examinations, but they never finish their dissertation. Right. And uh, simply, as life intrudes, and and they're just unable to you know, finish the writing process. They've done all this work, but they never finish. And so it's it's just that challenge. Right, right. And th- and it goes back to what you said, the whole idea of discipline. But then also, I think one other caveat that I think our listeners need to understand is that you don't want to walk that journey by yourself. If you have someone who can mentor you and speak into your life along the way who has uh, already done it, 
you know, to encourage you and maybe uh, show you some different ways to tackle it, you know, that's also very helpful. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, absolutely. Your supervisors, colleagues, friends, but your spouse especially is going to be your biggest cheerleader. That's right. So, that's right. Uh, those people surrounding you, and you realize this is a team effort, you know. Right. Uh, and uh, when the goal is achieved, you know, you can be uh, very grateful for the outcome. Yeah, absolutely. Now, speaking of spouses, how is Dindy doing? What's been taking place with you guys? Well, we're very active in a Christian community down here in Antalya. We have a, a cultural center and an international church that we're a part of. And uh, back in uh, Virginia Beach, she was uh, on staff at our uh, church there. So she's very involved with uh, prayer, women's ministries, and uh, various other activities that are going on here. Good, good, good. Now, does she have any writing in her future? Uh, I've encouraged her in that way, but uh, I keep her busy with reading and helping me with the uh, editing process. <laughs> well, no fair. That's that's not good. You gotta gotta allow her to dive in too, Mark. <laughs> uh, and that's an important uh, piece of this thing too. Is that writing is one thing, but uh, it's the process of editing and reworking. That, yes. You know, sometimes that's just as hard. Yes. And to get you know people who are going to be truthful with you and say. this is not very good, or this needs to be rewritten, or I don't understand this, you know. And uh, that's what improves it and and gives it the quality that you're looking. Absolutely. Yeah, so the number of eyes that you have on there are very important. And I know know for me, you know, the one piece that you just shared about really people being truthful is so important because you have people that don't want to hurt your feelings, so they'll say, oh, well, sure, yeah, go ahead. (laughs) But the reality is that, no, you need some critical eyes to uh, give you some good feedback. Yeah, and, uh, I mean, that's what's going to happen if you send out a manuscript to a you know, to a journal, to a magazine, to to a publisher, you're going to have, you know, blind referees, so to speak, who are going to look at that. Your name's not going to be on there. They're not going to know you, and they're going to give you their objective, hopefully, evaluation of what you put before them. Right, right. And, and that's what you want. But, you know, speaking of that, so how do you even approach a publisher with a writing project? I mean, do you do you take it to them when it's it's really already at that phase, or do you take them take it to them when it's really a rough edit? Which one is it? How do, how do you approach the publisher? Sure, uh, you can bring concept, you know, to a publisher if you've got something very solid. You might have fleshed it out with an outline, you know, giving a kind of a brief overview. Uh, usually, you can do that when you're more an established author. Okay. So if you're working on your first project, you, the publisher is going to want to see the, the majority of that completed. Okay. And, uh, and so, uh, and again, trying to find a fit, you know, finding an editor. Uh, I mean, some people have, have worked with agents. Uh, that can be expensive. Uh, but, uh, you know, usually uh, uh, you can go to, uh, you know, the various Christian uh, events that are out there. Uh, and uh, make contact with publishers, find the editors that are working in your area, for example, on the website, right. and uh, to develop a relationship that way uh, and, and uh, uh, go forward from there. Now, so Mark, it sounds like there, there are several different ways that, that you can actually approach a publisher, but you, know, you need to already have some things in place, though. You don't want to just say, hey, you know, I just have this idea, but I've never published before. And you want that backing? Is that that's probably not the best way to do it, then, right? That's going to be real tough yeah. uh, to get somebody to listen to just the concept at that stage. Now, and we're going to take a break here. And it is important. Try to have somebody on the inside, a friendly person there who is willing to to take a look at it. I mean, it's really tough to just put a manuscript in the in the mail to a publisher that doesn't you know know you from Adam and and expect to get. Uh, too far with that. Right, right. And we're going to take a break here in about uh, two minutes, but I wanted to sort of have a, a good idea. When you initially approached a publisher, you had all these things already in place. What was their initial reaction to you? Did they just give you a ton of feedback uh, or did they say, you know, well, you know, we've never heard of you? I mean, what was their reaction to you? And we only have about a minute and a half here, but what was their, what was the reaction? 
Well, I've had various reactions. So one of the, my big disappointments was is that I, after I finished my own doctoral thesis, I found a publisher that uh, would take the revised thesis and publish it. And I was extremely happy. Formatted the whole thing, got it submitted to them, and they came up with one negative review from a reviewer. And that whole project was doomed, and I was crushed. Oh, no. Put so much time, energy in this. Right. And, oh, my goodness. All right. Well, I was saying, oh, go ahead. Yeah, well, no, we can talk more about that. But in the long run, it turned out to be good. God works those things out. I had it published by somebody else. And, uh, you know, it was a much better outcome. But that at that initial stage, it was very crushing to my ego, obviously. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, we're going to talk about that more when we come back from break. Hey, we're talking to Dr. Mark Wilson. Stay tuned, everybody. We are back on Discover the Leader in You. This is Dr. Jason Carth, and I'm excited. You know what? We have been talking about some great things related to publishing, and Dr. Mark Wilson was just taking us to the break, sharing how you have to be able to deal with disappointment. Now, Mark, (laughs) give us some more words, because when you said you were crushed, I've been there before, and it is not a good feeling. How How did you deal with it? What happened? Well... I, I was at a loss. I mean, I just, I think for weeks, even months, I was just wondering, you know, what am I going to do with this, you know, mm-hmm. until uh, just came across another opportunity uh, and uh, submitted the idea and uh, it was accepted. And uh, anyway, uh, but I had to go back and rework the whole manuscript for now the new publisher's guidelines. Oh my so goodness. this is one of the the realities of the new publishing world is that uh, whether it's self-publishing or semi-self-publishing with some publishers, you've got to not only write the thing, but you've got to format it according to their standards uh, in order to get it into print. So it's uh, in a lot of work and an extra effort to do it. You know what? It really is. And it's not just the, the publishing aspect. Even when I go, I present at conferences every year with my research, and even there, they have expectations for how they want everything formatted, and that's fine. I don't have any issues with that, but it is a very tedious uh, process. So, yeah, I think people need to be aware of that. When you are getting ready to uh, publish and move into that arena, just be ready that uh, the publishers are going to have their own expectations, and we have to be flexible. Wouldn't you agree? Uh, very flexible and with a lot of patience because – uh, for me, writing my articles is the easiest part. It's because every journal, every publisher has different standards. Uh, you've got to then uh, do your formatting for that. Um, I've got one article out right now that's been through the referee process. I've made the corrections, sent it back, and I've been waiting five months for an answer whether it's been accepted. Oh, my I mean, goodness. So it's, it's just a frustrating process dealing you know, with with the the publishing process, I and I, I've I've learned over the years. Right, and and I think that's the thing that our listeners need to realize. You know, it's a it's a great opportunity to be able to publish, but to your point, you know, we have to be patient. You know, we are asking for someone to embrace our concepts, our writing, and really give us some feedback, and then actually birth this thing out. So. It takes some time, but hey, stay encouraged, everybody. (laughs) That's one of the things we want to communicate to you. Stay encouraged. I shared on one of the uh, previous uh, shows that, you know, a way to make sure that your your ideas are going to get published is to just be disciplined, stay encouraged, and gain momentum. You know, different things are going to happen, but, you know, as Dr. Wilson shared, you have to be patient and keep on pressing forward. Now, now, let me ask you something here. You have a book that I've had a chance to initially look at, and thank you for sending a copy. 
Tell us a little bit about Victory Through the Lamb, your newest work. Well, I've written several things on the book of Revelation, which for most Christians is the most difficult book in the in the Bible to read and understand. Mm-hmm. And so I have just was really, uh, have taught the book of Revelation in Sunday schools, uh, in Bible studies uh, over the years, and wanted to write something that was accessible to the average Christian uh, to give them a sense of what Revelation is all about. And so I sat down and wrote this uh, book uh, last year, and uh, the subtitle is, is A Guide to Revelation in Plain Language, and that's why I want it to be understandable to everyone. Yes, and I think for me, you know, when I initially began to read it, I said, oh, okay, you know, because there, there are some mysteries there in Revelation, and the way you are able to break it down is very helpful, but what made you... What made you want to do that? You know, sometimes, and I'm just, you know, I'm going to be honest. Sometimes I see some people that will write, and if 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 it's something that they understand, they may not want to share everything <laughs> with people. What made you want to re- make it so revealing in this way? Well, to me, Revelation is such uh, an incredible book. And talking about literature, I think it's one of the most uh, important uh, books that's ever been uh, written impacting Western civilization. I mean, yes. we see it in the movies, we see it in music, we see it in art. Yes. It's had such tremendous influence for over 2,000 years, and uh, especially it gives us the blueprint for the future. Mm-hmm. And uh, and its its main theme is for us to have victory in the Christian life. And I mean, we get bogged down in all the details of the beasts and the famines and the plagues and bowls and stuff like that, but running through Revelation, through all 22 ch- chapters, is this theme of how we can have victory by following in the steps of the Lamb. And so, I mean, that, that's what I wanted to punch home uh, with uh, readers. Right. And I think that's the part, when we talk about the title of today's show and publishing and the power of the written word, I mean, our reality is that there is victory, you know, and the more people that share some of the things that you are sharing through victory in, in the Lamb, it's it's going to help us to be able to move forward and be empowered to do the things that we need to do. So I applaud you for that. And, you know, let me ask you, Dr. Wilson, if people want to uh, purchase your book or if they want to find out more about what you're doing, can you tell us a little bit, where would they go? Is there a blog? Is there a place where people can connect with you? Well, I'm involved in several levels. Uh, obviously, through Amazon and Barnes & Noble, you can buy the book. Um, the publisher for this particular book is Weaver Book Company, and so uh, it can be purchased off the website. Uh, I also do blogging, so I work with uh, Biblical Archaeology Society and their uh, blog uh, on Bible History Daily, so you can search engine Mark Wilson Bible History Daily and uh, I, I do uh, more informal writing occasionally because uh, I, I enjoy doing that too. Um, I send you a link for my most recent thing. Uh, I collect Starbucks mugs with archaeological <laughs> sites on them. <laughs> so I wrote this blog, uh, the uh, uh, Starbucks Guide to Eastern Mediterranean Archaeology. So, <laughs> you know, that. Uh, kind of a humorous <laughs> tongue in cheek sort of. Absolutely. And I think one of the, the interesting things, when we were there, when I was there with you, uh, we found a Starbucks. Do you remember what it was like on that day? <laughs> it was pretty hectic. <laughs> it was pretty hectic. Everyone was in there. And I think just the, the reality of what is Starbucks here, you know, was just amazing for people. So for you to be able to um, write about it now and to collect those mugs. I mean, that's that's impactful. Now, for our listeners, one more time, if people want to uh, go to your blog, do you have a, a web address for them to go to, Dr. Wilson? Or uh, Yeah, I also link uh, just uh, www.7churches, spelled out, uh, .org, okay. is my website. Excellent, excellent. So, All right, yeah. good stuff. Well, we certainly want people to go and take a look at uh, some of Dr. Wilson's work. The book is also available on Amazon, so make sure you are checking that out. And uh, make sure you're, you know, supporting what he's doing. He's doing a lot of great things. And if you ever have a chance to go over to Istanbul, Turkey, look him up. I mean, it would be great. He has a lot of wisdom. 
Now, Dr. Wilson. Come on over and uh, visit. We'd love to have you. And just want to reiterate, it, it, we, we live in a safe part of the world. I, a lot of times on the American side, I'm back there every year for a couple months. Uh, people have this concept that uh, it's very unsafe over here. But uh, as you know, you've traveled here, Jason. It is very safe. Yes, it is. And I and I just want to echo that. I mean, and, and beautiful country, too. I mean, I still have, you know, Mark, some of the pictures and just the just the impactful nature of it all. And uh, if you do have the chance, I, I suggest you go. I think everyone should have a chance to travel abroad and just see uh, what's taking place and really how much different it is uh, than where we are in the United States. So if you have that opportunity, make sure you do that. So, Mark, let me ask you something. What is this forthcoming ESV archaeology Bible? You know, I mean, you wrote the Acts section. Can you tell us a little bit about that? I mean, this is a new thing for me. I haven't heard of this before. So can you give us a little insight? Yeah, so about a year and a half ago, I got received an email and uh, asking me if I'd be interested in uh, participating in this uh, study Bible project uh, with this particular focus on archaeology. And so... I uh, contacted the editor back, and I said, you know, what's the time frame? What's the expectations? And so I looked it over, prayed about it, and I said, uh, I, I want to get involved in this. And so I uh, met with Crossway, that's uh, the publisher, uh, when I was back in the U.S. a couple of years ago, and signed on for it. And so that was my writing project last summer, was to sit down and my word limit was originally 30,000. I couldn't do it. They accepted it at 35,000. So, uh, <laughs> you got excited, uh, huh? <laughs> I got excited. That was just too much to tell. So, uh, anyway, uh, this will be coming out probably in 2016 as they're putting this all together, but it's going to be a, a fantastic way to look at scripture, Old and New Testament through the lens of archaeology. Excellent. Excellent. So when you say through the lens of archaeology, is it going to be imagery in there? Are there going to be discoveries and then sharing a narrative? Or what is that going to look like? Right. It's going to be all of those things. There's going to be maps. uh, There's going to be a lot of pictures. Uh, So basically, I went through my section and acts, taking everything out that uh, had any archaeological connection. Okay. And uh, so that's why it took me <laughs> 35,000 words to do it. But, uh, uh, yeah, I think it's going to really be a, a beneficial and informative uh, uh, Bible for people interested in this. Excellent. And let me just say what type of work this is. Now, this is a, a, a something called work for hire. Okay. And so uh, you, you perhaps have been tapped to do these kind of things. These would be articles for an encyclopedia, a dictionary, uh and so usually they're tapping people with some knowledge or expertise yes. and that you're paid so much for a contribution mm. uh, to a project like this. And so I've been involved in, in uh, a number of these through the years. And you know what? That sounds like a great opportunity, you know, and, and as far as people that would want to get involved with something like that, was it a good experience for you? Yeah, it's a very good experience. And, I'm, you know, I tend to be a bit selective now and I'm able to do that. Um, I already have assigned a contract for another project with Baker on a Bible background commentary for next year, and I'll be doing the contribution on Revelation. So it'll be a, a, a similar type of project. This one will be a bit shorter, 15,000 words, but uh, you know, it's what's called a work for hire in the publishing trade, and mm-hmm. they'll pay me so much for each word. Wow. Okay. Now, just so our listeners understand, what are we looking at with 30,000 words or 35,000 words, how many pages? What's the page count <laughs> with something like that? We're looking at somewhere around 250 to 300. Okay. So this was in the neighborhood of, of over 100 pages of text. Okay, okay. That's not yeah. bad. You know, well, maybe for some of our listeners, you know, <laughs> they may go, well, wait a minute, <laughs> 35,000 words, that's, that's quite a bit. So, no, but that's, that's good stuff. That is good stuff. Now, we're going to take now, a break here. You were over here, Jason, we traveled. A lot of the information I was sharing with you, you, know, you and many others encouraged me, why don't, why don't you put this down in a book? And yes. so uh, I, I worked for a number of years to do this. And finally, in 2010, I published a book called Biblical Turkey. Oh. And uh, it's published here in Turkey. Uh, it's available in the United States as well. And it's a guide to all the Jewish and Christian sites here in Turkey. 
Wow. And uh, I saw that there was a need for a, an updated guide. There was none in the, on the market. And so th- this is part of w- what you can do with, with uh, writing, is find a need and fill it. Yeah. So become the expert on a subject, and, and uh, you see that there's a, a, a need out there. Uh, write the book or uh, the guide or whatever it is to uh, fill that need. And you know what, Mark? It's almost like you are creating a, a supply and then the uh, subsequent demand when you do that. So that makes that makes a lot of sense. And you're right. I remember the conversations where we were saying, "Hey, you have all this information, all this knowledge. We need to distill it. We need to put it somewhere so we can get a hold of it." So I, I think it's great that you are just really following your dreams, and that's that's really impactful. We're going to transition here uh, into a commercial here soon, but before we do that, do you write anything else other than books or blogging? I mean, what else? Do do you do anything else? (laughs) In terms of writing? Yes. (laughs) Uh, I don't have time for it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So things are very demanding for you right now. All right. Very good. I'm still teaching halftime at that region so that keeps me busy too oh no i didn't know that okay when we come back from break i want to hear a little bit more about how you're staying sharp by staying in the classroom that's really that's really important i know even for me you know it's just it's really important to stay on top of your research and be impactful in that way all right We are back. It's Discover the Leader in You. We've been talking to Dr. Mark Wilson just about the realities of publishing and just the power of the written word and how does the Bible still inform us even today. Now, Mark, before we had transitioned, we were talking about staying sharp and you are doing all this writing, but you're also still teaching in the classroom. What is that like and how does that help you do what you do? Well, it's the wonders of online education now, Jason. <laughs> I can live in Turkey and still be teaching. And uh, so uh, a region has one of the best online programs in the world, and yes. so I'm, I'm plugged into that. Uh, in fact, in a couple of days, I'm doing a live lecture uh, for some 30, over five-plus students uh, around uh, the world in my ACTS class. So... You know, there really isn't an excuse anymore for people wanting to go back and, and getting the kind of education that will tune them up to give them expertise in an area, you know. So right. whether it's divinity or uh, teaching, whatever it is, uh, the resources are out there to uh, improve yourself. Wow. And you know what? I, I really have to echo what you just shared. Regent University is just an amazing institution. Just the ability to have a high level of rigor in terms of the expectation of your writing, your research, and all those different things, but then also just the focus on your faith. You know, it, it's it's amazing the impact that they have, and if people want to go back to school, I mean, just by going to Regent, you're going to get immersed. <laughs> you're going to be exposed oh, to <laughs> several things, and by what you just shared that's telling me that Regent is even expanding. How are they setting you up to bring your message to so many different people? And you're all the way over in Istanbul. What's taking place? Well, it's just uh, as they've expanded their program, uh, they invited me to come. Uh, I, I don't want to live in the United States. I don't want to be on site and uh, teaching. So, uh, again, the wonders of the Internet to be able to do this. And so... They're accommodating me to allow me to do this, and I'm, I'm just uh, thrilled to be able to have a role to continue teach. And you're absolutely right. Teaching, you've got to be out ahead of your students. Yes. You know, and I've got doctoral students in my classes now, so I've got to give them uh, supervision. I've got to be on the cutting edge for research, new publications, what's going on out there. So, I mean, I've, I've got to be 
sharp because I've got uh, <laughs> students are right behind me. So. <laughs> That's right. I, you know, it's so funny that you say that. I mean, my I have uh, doctoral students that I work with and I actually supervise their dissertations. And it's amazing how you see them change and grow <laughs> from the first year until they are they're writing their dissertation. And like you said, you have to stay out in front of them. But you also have to remember that you're both learning together. And it's yeah, a, yeah it's an amazing process to see uh, just people delve into uh, just the research that's required, and then also the writing, uh, what we're talking about today with publications and, and things of that nature. Now, you mentioned earlier that you actually are writing blogs for uh, Bible History Daily. What, why did you begin to write for them? What, what made you want to do that? Well, they asked me to do some tours for them because uh, I'm a New Testament scholar living in Turkey, and they had not done any trips in Turkey previously. Okay. So I had you know, good feedback from people who were on the trips, and uh, they said, well, why don't you, you know, as you're on site there, you see things that are developing, you know, just uh, write about them occasionally as you have time. And so uh, I said, well, give it a try, and I enjoyed it, so I've just continued to do it. Excellent, excellent. And I think people need to understand, it's almost like a window into your world when you do that. You know, I, I write every week, I blog, I podcast, different things like that. And people want to be able to see and touch some of the different things that you're doing. And through your blogging, they have a chance to be able to do that. So I, I applaud your efforts for that. Make sure you continue uh, to do that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, going forward. People want yeah. to be able to connect in that way. So, so that's yeah. very interesting. So let me ask you, too. We've been talking about credentials. We've been talking about really the idea of being ready to publish. OK, what sort of uh, place uh, does credentialing have in that? Do you do, should you go out right now and say, I'm not going to write anything until I get these credentials? Or do you just want to kind of position yourself by having their credentials? What are your thoughts on that? Well, I think it's both. Uh, depending on what level of, of writing, if you're going to be more on the academic side, you've got to have those credentials. But, you know, everybody knows something. You know, they've got an interesting story uh, of, of their past. Uh, they enjoy, they've got a hobby, avocation, something they do. And that they want to tell the story about that to other people who are interested in that. And uh, I think that's, that's part of the motivation uh, is, you know, that passion and to be able to share uh, those insights uh, with with other people, I think that's that's the foundation of what writing is all about. Absolutely, being able to share—I mean, it's just so important to do that. Uh, you know, many times I will share with people that you know we all say, "Hey, you know what? I have some thoughts, some ideas," and there's a book on the inside. But many times people short circuit themselves and they go, "Well, I'm not going to push forward. I I can't do it. I, I can't write this thing," but Based upon some of the things you've shared today and then also some of the things that I've seen now over the years, people need to push forward. If you have something on the inside that you want to get out there, don't allow the credentialing to stop you. It's more of a way to say, OK, let me at first get started. You know, If I start putting something down on paper, then that momentum will be there and we'll just keep it going, you know, going forward in that way. Yeah, so, I mean, there's so many different ways to do it. You know, they they got this the speech software out. You know, if you, if actually sitting and writing is hard, just tune this thing up and speak it through your computer and let it write for you. You know, right? If you're a storyteller, some people are are, are more verbal in that way. Wow, and that's the way their their story gets out. But. Uh, you know, just let it flow. So that's right. That's right. Well, you know what? We've been talking to uh, Dr. Mark Wilson today. And Mark, I want you to hold on there for a second because I have my special segment that takes place every week is Dr. Carthen's Corner. And, you know, with Dr. Carthen's Corner, you know, I feature an individual company or service that demonstrates civic engagement and shows a commitment to character, integrity and destiny focused leadership. And this week, I'm featuring the Cleveland campus of Indiana Wesleyan University. IWU is an evangelical Christian university that offers MBA and management programs along with undergraduate, graduate, and certificate programs in business and education. No matter which program you choose, your classes are taught by outstanding faculty, just like Dr. Wilson, you know, who has the mission to train businesses and education leaders 
of tomorrow. If you want to get in contact with Indiana Wesleyan University, give them a call at 216-525-6200. Now, if you want to have your company or your organization featured on Dr. Carthen's Corner, just send me an email to radio at jasoncarthen.com. Okay? So, Dr. Wilson, let me ask you the final question, the capstone for today. If there was any advice that you would give to our listeners that maybe that maybe we have not shared yet, what would it be? We have about a minute left. What would you offer to them? Um. Don't wait. Get started today. I, mean, <laughs> I like that. You're absolutely right. You, you, you were talking earlier about people have these ideas and they're they're just kind of stunted. They, you know, they they can't get going. But I think it's just believe in yourself. Uh, uh, and I think that's so important with writing. You've got to believe. You, you've got a story to tell. You've got something to communicate to other people, and uh, have that drive and passion to to uh, sit down and get it out. Wow. That's good stuff. Well, hey, we've been talking to Dr. Mark Wilson today on Discover the Leader in You, and he's been sharing some great nuggets with us. I just want to thank you for coming on the show, Dr. Wilson, and hopefully you'll be able to come back. That's going to conclude the show for today. But one of the things before we transition out, I just want to remind everybody that the I Speak Life Academy is coming up on February 28th. If you want to register, make sure you go make sure you go to jasoncarthen.com or you can give us a call at 1-855-227-8436. Thanks for being a part of Discover the Leader in You. This is Dr. Jason Carthen. Take care everybody.